I'm Zach. I'm Roy. And this is Advice Hot Dog. Roy, I I know you've been a little cold, a little distant, a little a little upset with me lately, and I think I figured out why. Why isn't? I forgot our anniversary. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did forget our anniversary. What what anniversary is that? So I realized uh, that, that it's been over a year since we started recording Advice Hot Dog. And this, uh, for those astute uh, listeners among you who are paying attention, will notice is episode number 41, which means we're at about 80% uh, for actually getting these episodes done. Wow. Okay. I think, I think we're going to have to face the fact, Roy, that we are a shitty couple of podcasters. You think so? Huh. I don't know that we're bad at podcasting, but we're definitely bad at, like, being places at times. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we're we're kind of uh, big shots, and we have a lot of things to get done. Ah, your contention is that the important stuff that we've got going on is what keeps interfering with. So what uh, what important stuff with have you our leisure that's interfered with our ability to uh, record this podcast over the last, what has it been, like a month? Yeah, it has been a, about a month. I mean, uh, the real issue right before you left to uh, San Francisco, uh, for me, was that I was very, very sick and coughing. And did I did not want to... Did you have cough? Um, you mean, is that like some kind of Western western cold that one gets did were you having problems with your tubercules <laughs> probably yeah my, my you tubercules were, were uh, yeah, i'm i'm doing uh well now tuberculitis they call that right uh-huh i think so i think you're right wow you're yeah. breathing easy i am i am you can finally. both inhale and exhale without pain I can, although now uh, I've been working on a tiling job in, in our bathroom at our uh, private home, and uh, I've been breathing in a lot of uh, cement dust. Mm, that hardens inside your lungs, and then later on you have to get a colonic. Really? That's, that's how they clear out your lungs, is through your ass? Yeah, you go to one of those hippie clinics. No, 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 no. They take the thing. They, 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 you go in like after a guy has gotten a colonic in there, but you, you take the thing that was in his ass and you put it in your nose, and then it fills, it fills your lungs repeatedly with water and sucks it out and gets all that cement uh, dust out. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. You can watch I, it go past. I could go this, for like, a cleansing. Clear screen. Yeah, a lot of toxins are in there. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised. Stuff you inhaled 50 years ago is still in your lungs, buddy. Huh. Uh, is that what that cleanses for, where, where you in, inhale the water with a little bit of lemon juice and uh, cayenne pepper for, mm-hmm. for yeah, a week? Exactly. Yeah, I see. So total lung cleanse. Um, you're, you, you, did you, were, you, were you nursed to by your, uh, by your pregnant wife? Was, was she, no, did she, she feel was that she was subject sick. to further indignity? No. She, she oh, no. Uh, was sick herself and was trying to get through... Um, her work week before she left to Paris for a week. So I've been all alone for the last week. I've just been uh, working and going home, drinking beer and crying myself to sleep. Mm, Crying. I can, I can see you making the quotes with your fingers around crying in that sentence. Uh, Because by crying, I mean masturbating. Yeah. Wait, you don't have internet at your house or do you now? No, I don't. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do you have to do you Use have my to rely imagination. on the, uh, the lingerie page of the Sears catalog? Oh, JC Penney's. Oh, that was that was that was where the hotties were was in the uh, JC Penney's. Mhm. Yeah. 
Full, oh wait, I guess we have. Form. I guess we have American Apparel catalogs now. I was going to say that that's not a thing anymore, and that that people will never know that that particular uh, practice. But yeah, American Apparel. That's true. But that's only if you're uh, buying wholesale or something. I I don't think uh, every home gets an American Apparel catalog. Oh, you don't think? If you what if you go to the American Apparel store and you buy like one crotchless T-shirt? They don't start uh, I, th- I think all t-shirts are crotchless, actually. Well, but no, no I mean the t-shirt without the boob crotch. Oh, okay. About. Uh-huh. Like in Mean Girls. Um, I think maybe they do have catalogs there that you can take home to uh, peruse on your own time. Hmm. And you order one thing from Victoria's Secret and they'll always send you those catalogs, I guess. Is that oh, still that's a thing? True. I, I think haven't so. seen one in years. I don't know. I've never ordered anything from Victoria's Secret. Yeah, you never got a you never got the gift of a stocking for a lady friend. No, I I've bought things at Victoria's Secret in person. I've just never ordered anything online or mm. through the mail order. Like a pair of shorts that said juicy pink love on the back or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So oh, the, for what myself, they, what is it yeah. that they say? Yeah, love love pink. I think it says just pink by itself, doesn't it? Just pink. Are you sure that wasn't a concert pair of shorts for Pink's last tour? It could be. I mean, that's did it have a list of coliseums and dates? The what? Did it have a list of coliseums and dates on it? Oh right, <laughs> Un- right. Underneath, underneath where it said pink. Does anybody do yeah. that? Has any band ever? Has any band ever done tour underwear? I don't know. I know that if you had a band, you wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. Because you think, think it's, it's trashy to sell underwear, to sell lady panties. Yes, I do. Yeah. What yeah. am I? What am I, Frederick? I don't come from Hollywood. That's true. And I can't have the kind of secret that Victoria has because Victoria is a lady. Yeah, that's true. That's true also. Hey, um, you're uh, all better, so though. And you're, 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 your wife is all better. You're not concerned about the health of your, your, your baby child's uh, tiny three or four-celled lungs? No, no. The baby's The doctor fine. said it would be okay. Yeah, okay. the baby's cool. Doctor said baby's cool. Like, can you hold on to your wife's stomach and feel the baby cough? <laughs> I still haven't felt the baby. Hmm. I you felt uh, its, you felt its presence though. Yes, I have. Yeah, I, I could tell. I could tell it was there. But um, yeah, uh, she's barely starting to feel the baby move around, and I can't feel the baby at all. But, do you think that that means that your baby is a a weak little sissy who is not powerful enough to? move a a woman's stomach it could be it also has to do with the fact that her placenta is attached to the front so there's an extra layer of stuff there Mm. that's what happens are you going to uh are you going to keep the placenta and fry it up for your friends after your child is born yeah placenta placenta hash Ooh, like like you're gonna smoke it oh no i i was gonna you know prepare like a corned beef and then make Corn, like a corned beef hash because oh, that's like my favorite placenta. type of hash corned placenta hash exactly uh, yeah. you should have your wife eat a lot more salt uh, so that you you can it's use already corned in the right. corning process yeah yeah that's true and yeah. make sure that all of her clothing is corning wear uh, which <laughs> will help with that process okay uh what's, what's been going that. on roy well um there's a bunch of stuff that we've missed since uh, we've been apart from one another because we have actually been physically apart from one another. Yeah, for what, you and three I weeks. 
yeah, yeah, something like that. Because you're in San Francisco right now, uh, and we're speaking through the magic of technology. And uh, you are also on that uh, crazy uh, Jonathan Colton cruise, right? That's the truth. Yeah. On on your uh, singles honeymoon. Yeah, I went on a. I, I thought I would treat myself to a second honeymoon. Uh huh. And uh, which you you explained all about on uh, video games, uh, hot dog. What episode forty? Something like that. Uh, and you I explained what remember. it was like. The I did. Yeah, one. I talked to. I talked about the. I talked about the highlights. The yeah, highlights and, of it. Yeah, and um, you said it was. I great. couldn't remember if there were any particular stories that I wanted to save uh, to talk about with you. Um, I I think I ate some eggs. Oh. which I would have talked with you about. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that on the other podcasts. Yeah, because they don't have those here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's weird. You can only get them at sea. Oh, sea eggs. Uh, one thing that was kind of impressive, actually, that I don't think I mentioned before was one morning I woke up, and uh, for whatever reason, I woke up very early and just stepped out onto my little balcony of my little cabin and saw off the side of the ship thousands, I think literally thousands, of flying fish. Really? Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I hadn't thought about a flying fish since I was a kid. You know, when you're a kid, you think flying fish, woo, flying yeah, squirrel, crazy. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it because is. Because it's like you're 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 trying to form these broad categorizations of things, like you know, mm-hmm. what, swimming horses. What, exactly, a hippocampus. Uh, and and then the things that violate those conventions are of particular interest, like a platypus, for instance. Um, mm. But. Yeah, I saw a whole bunch of flying fish, and it, and it was it brought to me a sense of childlike wonder that I had not experienced since maybe the day before when I went snorkeling. Wow! And really, what did the you trip see was all about when, when you were snorkeling? Childlike wonder. Uh, lots of fishes. Uh, I, I couldn't wear my glasses, so that was a little rough. Um, oh, that sucks! But when you don't have your glasses on, you can see a lot further underwater than you can on the surface, or at least it seems like it. Uh, Did you try putting your hands into your fingers and make a little square that you could look through? Uh, yes. Because that, that sometimes I, works. Oh, okay. I, 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 so, so I, you can also sometimes just pinch your eyes or press on them until they go into focus. Sure. Uh, that's, that's actually uh, what they did instead of glasses in the caveman days. Mm-hmm. You would just hire someone. You would hire like a tiny person, or or later on to they squish your eyes for this. Yeah, to to stand to sit on your shoulders and constantly press on your eyes. Mm, that that's a great job. Uh, do you think trainer monkeys could could be trained to do that now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, certain certain people in society would really enjoy having a little monkey holding their eyes. No, I mean if he could do that, think of the other things that he could do. Am I right, buddy? Give you a mustache with its tail. Ooh, yeah. He could do that while he was pressing on your eyes. That would be yeah, fantastic. exactly. So it'd be like um, you know, like a face accessory. Hmm. Um. Yeah, the tiny monkey that sits on your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, must mustache monkey. So okay. have you ever been? Uh, it it didn't matter. It didn't matter that you couldn't see very far because those fish, man, they they don't give a fuck. They will swim right up into your eyes. Really? Huh? Yeah, they'll nibble on your eyelashes. Oh, I don't know if that's actually. I had a mask so on, so they were trying to nibble on my eyelashes, oh, but, but they, they were couldn't. thwarted. Yeah, fish are pretty stupid. That like they don't get what a mask is. You know. Because mm-hmm. they, so they, just they don't it. need one. They just hit it at full steam. Did you see any eels or barracudas? Uh, so we saw some stuff that uh, Captain Safety Pin uh, told us were barracudas. Okay. But you couldn't tell um, because they were blurry and out of focus? They were far away because they were bigger. 
<laughs> That's how perspective works, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they were because they were bigger. We only saw them in the deeper water where they were literally further away. Um, I see. Yeah, but they okay. said barracudas, and I said, "Ooh, barracuda!" And then everybody groaned. Right. Yeah, I forgot uh, how to. I forgot how to make funny jokes uh, while I was on the cruise. I spent so much time dabbling my feet in the ocean, and um, that sucked I, out all your funniness. Yeah, I. You know what? I didn't have the entire time that I was on that boat was a fruity, uh, a fruity tropical cocktail. Really, no umbrellas. No, never at any point. Nothing for. Here's a problem, Roy. Okay. I really don't like frozen drinks. Okay. I don't even like cold water. When I drink water, I prefer my water to be boiling hot. Uh, oh. That isn't actually true. I prefer it to be Luke Luke temperature. Mm-hmm. Tepid. Um, the, uh, so, so as though it had been sitting out under the twin suns of Tatooine for a few minutes. Right. Okay. Uh, after being poured from a weird, a, a weird pitcher. Now you've put it in terms that I can understand. Sure. Um, yeah, so I don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't like an ice cream headache. I don't think anybody likes an ice cream headache. Except maybe the, I guess there are those sex dungeons in New Orleans where you go in there and a woman in leather gives you an ice cream headache. Forces you to eat a popsicles really fast. Yeah. And I guess somebody, you know, there's probably some businessmen that like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those businessmen, they're so dominant in their day-to-day lives, but boy, in the bedroom, it's a different story. Yeah, that's true. Popsicles, bad. Not for kids. So, I was gone on that. What have you been up to? Uh, well, I watched the Grammys and the Oscars while you were gone. That was exciting. At the same time? Yeah, at the same time. I was the only person who could do this. Uh, you get super high and you listen to the Grammys while watching the Oscars. And it yeah, like they, totally they sync, sync up. up. It's weird. And it's every year. Even though both of those change, they will still sync up. Well, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I also went and saw a few movies which I was excited about, some uh, more so than others. I saw this really amazing um, 3D documentary called Pina, which was about modern dance. And uh, normally such a thing would not interest me at all, but this actually was really uh, worthwhile. And I think 3D is, it was the first use of 3D that made sense to me um, for, for dance because that's what it's all about was movement. There wasn't really a story that it was telling and it wasn't like uh, modern dance where uh, people are walking around on stage looking off like they're lost and you know maybe thumping or moving a box around um, mm-hmm. it, it was very moving and I didn't expect it to be um, so I, w- I would recommend that to anyone who uh, is interested in such a thing I, I don't care about dance at all and this made me care about it Really? Which, so you actually gained some respect for it as an art form as a result I did. of watching this film? Maybe that's I did. what they were going for. Yeah. No, it was good. It was by uh, I don't Vin think that Benders. I could have a similar experience because I don't believe that movies are an art form. So <laughs> I uh, wouldn't allow a film to change my, my position or emotional perspective on anything. I see. Okay. Uh, I don't actually I, feel that that's the case. I also saw The Secret World of Arietti, which was re- very uh, enjoyable. It's based on the Littles, and it was done by uh, Studio Ghibli that does, uh, you know, like Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was really great. Um, you know, not very long. It's a kid's movie, so it was, you know, a little bit over an hour. But um, 
that was that okay. was really fun to watch. Very delightful. We ate at a sushi restaurant the other day where they were playing, I believe, Princess Mononoke uh, hmm. on a on a screen, and we drank a thing that was like a Manhattan, only more expensive. I see. That seems it, to be the was theme of this trip to San Francisco. Yeah, you get a drink, and it's like a Manhattan. It has a different name. This one was called a Blood and Sand. So I think what I was expecting was I don't know maybe some whiskey mixed with some of Tupac Shakur's blood. That's funny because it wasn't Tupac. It was 50 cent. Uh-huh. Uh, 50 cent. Uh, some, some, some whiskey mixed with some of 50 cents blood served in a, in a diamond skull. And um, would you um, be happy if it did have a little bit of sand in it? And if you got to that last drink and there was some grit, would that satisfy yeah, th- you? you know, I, well, I think it would be at least it would make up for it just being an overpriced Manhattan. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, that would at least be a thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have taken that last swig. That's where the sand is. Because then you know something and you can tell the next guy, hey, you can sort of, you can sort of gloat the yeah. second time when you know what's up, right? Mm, Pay it forward. I remember when that happened to me 10 right. minutes ago at this sushi restaurant. Right. Hey, have you never seen um, Princess Mononoke? I believe that I have only seen Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, what about Spirited Away? I thought you, you'd seen that. No, I have not seen that. Uh, Roy, uh, one thing that you'll notice about me is that I am a grown-ass man, and I don't like movies for little little dumb babies. They're not for little dumb babies. You don't think? No, not at all. Uh, Spirited remember, Away, uh, I think, is my favorite one. Remember those guys that I used to work with who made fun of me because I said that The Iron Giant was a good movie, and they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a cartoon. It can't possibly be a good movie for a grown-up to watch. Yeah, and at that those that people was the point are assholes. Which I decided that I was never going to listen to anything that they said about anything ever again. Right, because that that was a famous director Brad Bird who did the latest Mission Impossible. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, did you hear about how uh, Chuck Norris uh, forced the 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 sequel to the Untouchables movie to not have any swear words in it so that it could be rated PG thirteen? No. Chuck yep. Norris. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't remember seeing... Uh, I don't remember a lot about the... I, I watched a bunch of Chuck Norris movies when I was a kid. I went through... You know, I went through that phase that you go through as a kid where you get real into martial arts and martial right, and arts you movies. Chuck Norris is awesome? Yeah, and I saw a bunch of Chuck Norris movies and I was like, yeah, these are badass. Even though I guess they were all from the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of badass stuff from the 70s, I guess. Star Wars. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. Uh, I've learned something. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Star Wars, uh, I have learned that you know how I always observed that when I wore a shirt with the Ghostbusters logo on it, people would just talk to me all the right. time as I walked around in, in you know places where normal people go. Is it the it's not as big of a deal? Or like a, a nerd? No, no, no. It's exactly the same. I wore that Millennium Falcon shirt that I bought, and uh-huh. everyone talks to you about it. Really? Yeah. And I think so. Th- this is this is my theory. Ghostbusters is just fucking awesome and has universal appeal. The Millennium Falcon is fucking awesome and has universal appeal. Hmm. Do you think you'd get the same effect if you wore a Gremlins shirt? I don't know. That's a good question. Huh. I, I have seen, you know, I've got a buddy who wears a Goonies shirt uh, a lot, and I have not seen the same thing happen to him. Although everybody talks to him anyway, just because he looks like a friendly fellow. Sure. He's a friendly giant. I think um, that the fact that I'm usually walking around with a scowl on my face means that my T-shirt has to be especially engaging 
for anybody to engage right. with me because they, yeah, they just think true. I'm going to yell at them or they think that they, they, they look at me and they think, oh, shit, am I on that guy's lawn? Because that guy's got a look on his face like I'm on his lawn. Yeah, I thought his I monkey's going to bite me. I thought me. I was here at this, this hip bar. Right. Did you do anything exciting uh, for uh, St. Patrick's Day? Speaking of a hip bar, you, you're by yourself. Did you just? Uh, yes. Did you just fill your fill your koi pond up with green beer and just dive in. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I actually met a few friends for lunch, and we had uh, you know some of the cor- corned beef and cabbage, and uh, then I went to the Home Depot. Hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, to buy some copper tubing to make a still with which you made some green whiskey? Exactly. No, like I said, I've been I've been tiling, um, and this is, I'm redoing the countertop in our bathroom, and uh, I did not tell Corinne while she was on her trip that I would be doing this, so I'm very desperate to uh, finish the job before she gets home tomorrow. Hmm, and if I know you, uh, I know that that's probably hopeless. Uh, mm, I'm close. Mm, It'll just mm-hmm. be three more days. <laughs> okay. Um, what, so, I, I am uh, surprised you, with how far I've gotten on it, and how, you know the job that I've done. So wait, so you're surprised that you're only three days late on this project? I don't think I'm actually three days late, but I am surprised that um, you know, like I haven't just put together a shitty countertop the way I would normally do it because I want to get it done fast. I've actually, uh, you know, planned it out and it seems to be working. So that's what I'm okay. surprised with. Are you doing anything uh, cool? With the, did you did you draw some dicks in a mosaic or something? Uh, well, not, not dicks exactly, but, uh, you know, I picked two nice colors to to go on the countertop. Okay. Yeah. Like Like pink, like some dick skin and purple, like a vein? Exactly. How how do you, you know me so well? Well, uh, did you uh, did you replace did you replace the taps uh, with a, the tap with a giant dick and then each of the the water balls. faucet handles yes. with balls? Yeah, a red ball and a blue ball. Huh. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is. Uh, it is. Uh, it is a lot less hot. The blue ball, so it's figuratively uh, accurate. Sure. Yes, that's true. That's a. It's that's a smaller great. one. And then uh, when, when you pull the thing to, uh, to, to stop the sink, uh, just a, a big pewter turd comes out of the dick and plugs up the drain hole. <laughs> I was actually thinking a purple butt plug would be more appropriate. Oh, you just pull it out of your butt and put it in the sink when it, when it was time for you to shave. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All yeah, right. I mean, there, there is a theme to this bathroom. Evidently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's my exciting news. I've been very excited about tiling. That's what happens to me now is uh, I obsess about house projects. Mm-hmm. This keeps happening to my friends and, and podcast companions, and I keep not having anything to talk about with them. Because you don't give Funny. a shit about those things. Yeah. I'm well, you know, like- um, I, I do have to say this. Once I get into my secret um, compartment phase, I think you will be interested Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hidden passageways? I'm all about um, that. I'm more about uh, hidden boxes to put my uh, stashes in. Your stashes? What kind of stashes do you have? I Roy? don't know. I, I have to come up with uh, things to hide in here. But Oh, you need, so you need to acquire some vices so that you will have some stuff to stash in your Exactly. Yes. 
but I will have them. I will have secret secret compartments all throughout the house. As a kid, I was very excited about the idea of little containers and secret hidden containers, but I never had anything to put in them. Yeah, that's true. May, maybe a few marbles and a pack of gum. <laughs> yeah, it's, a it's little, too bad uh, you didn't some... put your comic books in there. That's that's true. Uh, they were never big enough for a comic book. I guess I could have put a very small comic book in there. I could have put some chick tracts in one of them. Yeah, that's true. Th- um, those that's things like are really, really small, valuable now. Really, to yeah, oh yeah, they they they're just they they're just shooting up the market for those. I think the name of those is deceiving. Right, mm-hmm. I always think they're going to be like a tiny magazine with with uh, ladies in them, and they're yeah, not. Yeah, but like you think like young hip ladies. It's not like you know, it's not like a lady tra- lady tract. You think, oh, okay, this could go either way. Chicks, man, chicks. Yeah. That sounds hot. Birds. Exactly. Hmm. Um. What else? Oh, um. I, some, I, what did you What did you drink? What was your What was your St. Patrick's Day drinking? Oh, I had one Guinness. And then I finished a bottle of wine that I had in the fridge later on in the evening. I was, was really least, celebrating. Was it Irish wine at least? Uh, Chilean maybe? Mm. There's probably some Irish expatriates in Chile. Yeah, I bet there are. They all, they all went there after the Holocaust. Irish chilies. Uh, what did um, you drink? What did you do for St. Patrick's Day? We, well, uh, everybody else that's here in the, uh, in the uh, asymmetric satellite office in San Francisco, California, uh, was off doing things uh, out, in, out in the world, out in the neighborhood, looking at, looking at things and talking to people and stuff. I stayed mm-hmm. at home and played some video games and uh, smoked some cigars and uh, ate some donuts. And then at the, at the very end of the night, like at like nine o'clock, we went out, uh, we crossed the, uh, we, took, we took the BART through that tunnel that goes under the under the bay hmm. how do you and feel about that uh how, how do i feel about it the tunnel do you feel uh, uh good when you're in there uh sure <laughs> um it's weird you know it's so fast that you hardly notice okay Were you, are you wondering whether i was scared whether that's the kind of thing that yeah does it make nervous? you uncomfortable i've been in that no. tunnel and it makes me uncomfortable really did the uh did the channel make you feel uncomfortable i've never been on the channel Mm. It's you're in the channel for a lot longer, uh, mm. but no, it's not really a big deal. I mean, it's you know, it's weird. It probably would freak me out if I really stopped to think about it, but I just don't. Or anyway, we stopped. went over to we okay. went over to Oakland and we went to uh, we went to the second location that just opened of Rudy's Can't Fail Cafe and had uh, their their famous uh, San Francisco treat, the Shaken Jesse, which is oh a, yeah, uh, which is a milkshake that's made of chocolate chocolate uh, ice cream and espresso and Guinness. And that sounds delicious. Good. You know what I had the night before, uh, because Josh is a dick, uh, is a fucking Jaeger bomb. I was forced, I, I drank a glass of Red Bull. You okay, um, I guess I don't know what a Jaeger bomb is. What is it? Yeah, so it is a shot of Jaeger dropped into it. It's like, a, it's like an Irish car bomb, but with Jaeger instead of Bailey's and Jameson and Red Bull instead of Guinness. Ooh. Um, you know what? Uh, that should be our next pretty, cocktail. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, I, I heard that uh, just on the news yesterday that the inventor of the Red Bull died. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was a uh, Thai, I think. Okay. And he died. He was in his 80s. Hmm. He created wow. this drink. So he was and, old enough to know better when he made that shit. 
Yeah, but but you he know, didn't. it was it was surprisingly non-disgusting. The the it, you you could I can see how somebody who liked Red Bull but not Jaeger would like this because you could barely taste the Jaeger at all. I personally despise Red Bull and like the taste of Jaegermeister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also it just kind of tasted like a like a sweet thing. It didn't uh, didn't have any of the character of either of the substances that it was made of. Hmm. So it was a third new thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I felt like uh, Ratatouille during that scene when the red triangles and the green explosions are going off in his head. Oh right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they turn into a they turn into a symphony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really want to. I don't really want to sit here and 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 wax about how great this uh, this Jaeger and Red Bull concoction was. <laughs> we'll talk about that some other day. It's not. Uh, it's not okay to get mad when somebody buys you a drink. And that was that was the problem that I was facing. I'm like, you know what? I want to be angry. I want to be angry that you're about to make me drink something that you know goes against the very fabric of my character, the core of my being. Right. And it's said, only yep. polite. He did it to be a dick. I guess it's okay to be mad at somebody who's doing something to be a dick, right? Oh, I, I don't see. think he really did it to be a dick. I think he was he was he was just like, here you go, bro. He would have iced me if they they had sold Smirnoff ice in that place. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, but you still anyway, drank so yes, it, right? Was, and it was good. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, it didn't take very long, and I was already I was already a few a few sheets to the wind at that point. Sure. So yeah, because because of that because of that night, I ended up taking it kind of easy on uh, on St. Patrick's Day. We had that that shake, and then I had maybe five PBRs uh, in the combination of before and after that shake. Uh, but I but I referred to them as Patty O'Briens. Oh, okay. And the were they green or regular uh, piss color? I pretended that they were green. Huh. I got some of that green. Uh, I got some of that green cellophane and put it on my glasses uh, so that oh, so that okay. I wouldn't have to pinch uh, anyone. You know, sure. I, I was like, uh, everyone I'm was just green. Gonna give, I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Okay, that's very kind uh, of you. I'm going to make everyone look like Lou Ferrigno. Mm-hmm. Not as the Hulk, just regular Lou Ferrigno. Oh, right. Um, so yeah, that was my, uh, that was my St. Patrick's day. And, uh, today, I think, uh, today, I think after we're done, uh, done recording this podcast for the, for the people, we're going to go over to that, uh, pinball machine museum, maybe. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I have yet to see that place. It sounds oh, you know awesome. What? Uh, you know what you would have liked that we did the other day was we went to a, uh, we went to an avant-garde performance thing. Uh, mm-hmm. There were eight eight-minute performances in various disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a deliberately clumsy burlesque, uh, uh-huh. which was actually which was actually pretty entertaining. Okay, uh, I did. I had never seen a burlesque uh, a burlesque show, and I, in the same way that I'm uncomfortable with selling women's panties, I'm kind of uncomfortable with the idea of burlesque. Yeah, or belly when somebody, dancing. When somebody tells me about it, yeah, belly dancing. It, Belly dancing is okay for some reason in my head. Mm, no. Uh, last time I experienced belly dancing was at a Greek restaurant where the belly dancer danced at our table that was a booth. And mm-hmm. we, we were supposed to enjoy this one belly dancer who was dancing in front of us. It made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that would make me pretty uncomfortable too. The only time I've really seen it is at, uh, is at like a, um, like uh, the Renaissance uh, Festival. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess we had belly dancers at one of the conventions that we put on in the early days, but I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, that made me uncomfortable also. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, it, um, and you think it wouldn't, right? Because I'm not participating. I'm just looking. But it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, you feel kind of leery. Anyway, the, the, the goofiness and the awkwardness and the clumsiness of this particular burlesque performance, you know, which was really just like a comedy thing, it made it okay. Oh, okay. Um, and then there was, a, there was a man in black pants and a black shirt uh, sort of being a mime. Uh, well, they kept, they kept talking about clowning. And they kept saying, oh, this guy studied clowning. And I kept... Mm. Not, I, is that some uh, person studies is clowning? Apparently, apparently, that's a thing huh. we're supposed to take seriously now. Like at a university or some kind of um, fly-by-night trade school? Yeah, I think you get like a di- like a divry. <laughs> it's like either TV, VCR repair, or clowning. Right. Huh. Um, or paralegal. So, so the two guys that were described as having studied clowning, one of them uh, did a did a he told a story. Uh, that he also sort of acted out and just, you know, it was kind of like, it was a story about being picked up by a hitchhiker and, and uh, you know, he was just acting out the parts of it and making some noises and stuff. And that was okay. And the other guy did a sort of a, a comical uh, Superman story all in, uh, all in mime and, and making noises. I guess if you're miming and making noises, that's clowning, right? I suppose. That's the difference. It wasn't terrible, I guess. Okay, that's not a great review. Yeah, uh, there was a guy. There was some music that was good. Our, uh, our fr- friend of uh, a friend of the organization, Jessica Gruner, read some read some short fiction that was really good. Okay, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I keep describing her as a friend of the organization, and she's still somebody that you've never met. Yeah, I, I don't know who this person is. See, sometimes I forget uh, that uh, it's like. You know how little kids, they don't understand that not everybody knows the things that they know? Right. That's kind of where I'm stuck. I, I also don't believe that objects exist when I can't see them. Right. Or that other people exist when you're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it really, really difficult for me to go about my, my day-to-day life. So when you say a friend of the organization, is that uh, code for something? Uh, yes. Um, okay. So uh, we, the organization in question is uh, our sort of uh, combination... Amway organized crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, by a friend of the organization, I mean someone with at least four lieutenants under her. I see. Okay. Um, so she's fairly fairly high up in the scheme of things. She sells okay. a shitload of toothpaste. Right. Right. Okay. I'm Have you ever you. seen an Amway product? Uh, I don't think so i did once look at the the website after you talked about it and i didn't really know what amway was and uh apparently they do sell toothpaste or you know brushes or something mm-hmm. but i've never seen one physically have you no and i've never known anyone to buy one right i think that's where the i think that's the scheme part of that pyramid scheme i feel it's kind of like uh tupperware also i don't know that i've ever seen official tupperware you know, I think when I was growing up, we had some we had some real Tupperware. Really, I think that in the early days, Tupperware had that had that shit locked down. They were the only people making that kind of stuff. Nobody else had cracked the formula yet. But then once once uh, they they got some of those German scientists after World War II, they came right. in and figured out how to synthesize Tupperware, uh, and, they, and they they opened it up. They opened up the market. Right. Made also, those farms. Right. 
Um, most uh, most off-brand Tupperware is actually made from uh, pig extract. Really, extract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Uh, you, so they take some of the things that so so pigs are notorious for being able to uh, eat anything, and it's because there is a part of their body that just keeps food very fresh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they have to they, interesting you know, they put some of that in a in a petri dish that is the shape. Uh, and size of the Tupperware that they want to manufacture, and then they just let it grow. Huh. You know, I'm I'm I feel very fortunate that uh, you are my friend because whenever I need to know something, I ask you, and you know. You know, and I and I think that's fantastic. And you know who else should feel fortunate, Roy, is our listeners because uh, we're about to answer a bunch of questions that they've they've probably been waiting for weeks to hear the answers to these questions and. Uh, Sure. I think it's I think it's getting to be about the time in the show where we should do that. But uh, but first, Roy, let's have a cocktail. All right. This week's cocktail. This week's this month's cocktail, Roy, is uh, because we're recording this early. Uh, because the you know you know San Francisco is a city that never sleeps, and so I'm not able to record at night like we normally do because every night there are 400 things going on. Literally. That's true. I looked at the San Francisco Weekly Magazine, and there were 400 things every night. Wow. Um, many of them were just gas stations. Anyway, we're having a mimosa because it's early in the day. Uh, we, we were discussing during the break uh, whether it occurred to me to just pretend to, to drink this cocktail because I don't know. I don't know if uh, our listeners know this, but you know this. I don't like to drink during the day. I know, but I'm afraid but it's that a I'm going to drink this, and it's going to start me. Well, see, I, I don't. I don't. I don't hold no truck with the concept of a breakfast drink, right? What I'm afraid is that drinking this mimosa is going to start me down a, a path that is going to result in me drunkenly drowning in the San Francisco Bay. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. But Yeah, me you know, too, buddy. If you're lucky, you'll just end up naked and face down on your kitchen floor. Okay. I'm guessing that if I graphed out the times in my life when I have been crippled by a hangover against the, the, the time in the day that I started drinking the day before, there would be a correlation. And I think really? I'm just conditioned against starting early. Hmm. So you have this thing where when I have one drink, it makes me think it's a good idea to have two drinks. That's always the case. Yeah, and then that just continues, no. you know? It's hard uh, to have just one. So this cocktail is dead simple. You just pour some uh, champagne in a glass, and then you pour some orange juice in a glass, and it's kind of gross. Really? You think it's gross? I, 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 I like the little bubbles in the orange juice. Hmm. Yeah. I don't like champagne, and I don't like orange juice, and I thought that maybe these would <laughs> combine like Jägermeister and Red Bull. Yeah, and uh, it's to not make a, for, to make for you. A, it makes it worse. Different rat explosion. Yeah, but no, no. This just pretty much tastes like two things that I don't really care for in the same glass. Oh well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, do you are you a, are you a regular consumer of mimosas? Uh, I am if I'm at a brunch, uh, which I was at a few weeks ago, and. I was very confused by the fact that uh, we were going to our friend's house for a brunch, and I thought, you know, like, it's at breakfast time, really. I mean, if it's on a Saturday at 11 o'clock, that's breakfast time. But brunch makes it so that you can drink uh, early. And I did have a mimosa. And also it makes it so you can eat, like, a sandwich instead of a scrambled egg, right? I suppose so, but I don't don't, uh, follow those rules of breakfast society. I eat oh, whatever you would I eat, want you would in the eat a morning. sandwich anyway. Sometimes you make a sometimes you make a ham sandwich with pancakes instead of ham. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's really gross. I've been meaning to talk to you about stopping that. 
Why? Because I want to open up a restaurant that sells these? Yeah. As my the, main food item? The pancake sandwich. Because <laughs> people are going to, it's it's just, it's false advertising. It's misleading, Roy. People are going to think, we're going to go in here and we're going to get a sandwich with pancakes instead of bread. But it turns out that they go in there and they get a sandwich with pancakes instead of ham. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, I'll look at my... Uh, my um my drawings and see if, if bit, maybe i can tweak plan. the designs a, a little bit maybe you'll go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. uh yeah I, th- I believe that this is my first mimosa and um probably will be my last probably really this is your first mimosa have you never been to a, a wedding uh yeah i think i've been to a wedding uh, mimosas are served at weddings a lot especially uh breakfast weddings i don't think i've ever been to a breakfast wedding huh Okay. What about a breakfast baptism? Uh, no, I thought isn't it normally wine? It's, it's some some red wine mixed with some orange juice. No, it's what water. do they call that? Oh, red wine. They call and, that a you mean they call like that a, a Santa a Santa Gria. Uh huh. Yeah, if it's at a baptism. <clears throat> you know what I went to the other day was a uh, was a uh, vegan Mexican restaurant. Huh? How is that uh, done? Uh, I mean, well, was it just cheese burritos? No, it's not cheese burrito. Just yeah, bur- che- bean burrito. Yeah, just uh, th- so there were there were a lot of there were a lot of beans. There were a lot of black beans served and things. Uh, in lieu of cheese, there was a lot of cashew cream paste. Mm-hmm. And um, how does that taste? Uh, pretty good, actually. It was really good. I uh-huh. I have to admit that everything that I had there was really really delicious. But did it taste um, like Mexican food? Well, I mean, so we had some corn tortillas and some guacamole, which tasted like corn tortillas and guacamole. I see. Okay. Uh, Kevin had a Kevin had a, an open faced mole enchilada with mushrooms or hongos. Mm-hmm. Um, That's that sounds pretty good. I yeah, I r- really do like h- hongos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hongos sounds like uh, th- sounds like one of like Heathcliff's friends. Like. The Mexican cat that was visiting their junkyard. Oh, it would be hongos. Yeah. What? What? What's true of Mexican cats? Uh, I feel like I could imagine. I could imagine like a Parisian cat. I could imagine an Egyptian cat. A cat from Siam, maybe. Mm. Uh, but Mexican cats—they probably just all get eaten by wild dogs. You know, I never there, uh, thought of cats as being something that uh, people had in Mexico. Like I always thought yeah. of cats as being an American thing because. Most of my friends had dogs. I don't. I think only one friend had cats, mm-hmm. and it was my friend who spoke English. So um, I still thought of it as an American thing. Yeah. Oh, we uh, we went to the alleyway where we saw that mural by your friend Jet. Yeah, that's the friend actually who had the cats. Oh, he yeah. Lived, uh, so, across the street. See, it's all coming mm-hmm. together. There are a lot of uh, stray cats wandering around in the uh, in the in the back little gardens. Uh, this is the thing that I love about San Francisco. I love uh, when I go out back of one of the places, the always almost identical places that we rent to stay in, go out on the back patio and just look at the way that the yards of the houses all intersect and all mm-hmm. the little different levels and all the different plants and all the different little sheds and the accretion of things that have been built over the last hundred years. It's like the hanging and, uh, gardens of Babylon. Yeah, and then there's cats. And I think, man, it would be neat to be a cat. If you were a cat, this would be like a sweet dungeon that you were exploring, looking for treasure chests filled with mice. Hmm. Yeah, that's and true. And occasionally, you get a treasure chest filled with mice. 
You go up to 826 Valencia, the pirate store by DaveEggers.com, and you buy a treasure chest, and then you go next door to Paxton Gate, and you buy just a fucking handful of mice. But they're taxidermied mice, right? Wouldn't a cat want to find live, fresh mice? Well, you ask them, you ask them like, hey, can I get some, can I get some fresh mice? And they say, mm-hmm. oh, sure. And they lead you into the back room that is just filled with mice. Like, they're not even on shelves or anything. They're just in there. Like, just a room filled Walking with around. squirming squirming baby mice mm-hmm that it's, sounds it's great awful yeah so cute you, know, you get a handful put it out there for a cat to find but then you have mm-hmm. to put a trap uh because the treasure is not meaningful if you don't have to evade a trap to get to oh it. okay and what kind of trap would it uh, some kind of cat trap like a squirt bottle you know like a tripwire <laughs> connected to a super soaker uh-huh and it squirts right. them with water yeah that'd be pretty unpleasant if you were a cat yeah it would be no, traditional traps don't work on them. Like you get like a you get like a big pendulum with a blade on it, uh, swinging at the cat. The cat just jumps out of the way. Cats are too quick. They're too agile. Yeah, that's you, true. Uh, you know, you put you put a, a vat of a vat of poison uh, poison fluid bubbling on the floor. They'll just they'll they'll use their claws to climb climb across the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you got to get up pretty early in the morning to spring a trap on a cat. That's true. At least a traditional dungeon trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't shoot them with darts. Even as the trapdoor opens, the trapdoor opens, the cat with lightning reflexes, cat-like reflexes, you might even say, leaps Mm -hmm. off of the the closing door to safety. Right. Also, if they get killed, they're going to do it again, right? They have extra lives. Yeah, that's true. They'll come back. Yeah, they'll come back and they'll know where all the traps are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they just do a dry run first. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty cool. No cats in Mexico, though. No, I mean, there are. I, I just never thought of cats as a Mexican thing. So do you think there you know, has I, ever been a cat named Hongo? Mm, probably. I mean, it does I mean, sound think, like a, a Heathcliff ty- type of I, cat. I mean, I think Heathcliff had a friend named Mongo, which is why, oh, I, that's which is true. why I thought of that in the first place. Yeah, you're right. I, I did he picture had another, this Mexican that, cat as being really big. He had that Jamaican cat uh, named Bongo, who was just constantly smoking weed out of the trash. Huh. Yeah. You know, okay. Or, you know, did you ever read that uh, article about uh, dumpster diving and how this guy decided to, to just live sort of uh, by, by picking stuff out of dumpsters for a year to see what it was like, learn the tricks of the trade, and how sure. you could always get a lot of you could always get a lot of booze and a lot of weed out of uh, the dumpsters at a university before Parents Weekend. Oh, right. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. What what is that called? Like a freegan? Oh, sure. Yeah. We also ate at a freegan Mexican restaurant where all the food was made of garbage. Uh-huh. Uh, that we ordered an enchilada, and they were like, here's your enchilada, and they just gave us a half a bottle of wine with some coffee grounds in it. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> and I thought, why, why did this asshole even do this? Like, why couldn't you have just thrown away this bottle of wine without filling it with coffee grounds? <laughs> like, you'd have to work pretty hard to get the coffee grounds into the bottle. That yeah, cannot that's true. possibly have been the most convenient way to dispose of these. I mean, you had to find a uh, funnel first, like a free funnel, in order to do that. It also said, fuck you, freegans, on the outside of the bottle. So maybe that's, maybe that's why <laughs> they were trying to make a political statement. I see. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, f- I, I may be wrong in this, but whenever I think of um, you know, mushrooms in Spanish for food purposes, um, they're referred to as uh, uh, champiñones which is more the French uh, pronunciation or the mm-hmm. 
uh, ongos yeah, are more hot. like uh, mushrooms that are in the forest that you're not supposed to eat because they're poisonous or things no, that see, you so get like on a, your a feet. Is like a toadstool. Sort of, yeah. But really, you know, our our planter planter warts described as hongos. Well, if you had uh, fungus on your feet, right? Wouldn't you? Oh, so so you're saying that if you had mushrooms on your feet, you would use the sure. word for mushrooms to describe Ex- them. Okay. Exactly. Uh, okay. That that was a that was an enlightening story. <laughs> I don't think of hongos as uh, an appetizing word. Mm, okay. Uh, hey, Zach and Roy. My 21st birthday is coming up, and I need advice on how to approach the vast world of booze that will become available to me. I know that Zach and Kevin attempted to drink 100 beers in a month, so would you recommend something similar to kickstart my what-has-other-been-shitty-beer palette? Or should I wait to discover what good beer actually tastes like before attempting a project like that? Thanks for the advice, Ada. First off, sweet name, Ada. Yeah, that is. Um, Uh, I like names that are palindromes, and I like names that are the name that my cat has. Speaking of Mm -hmm. cats. Uh, so I would beers. definitely not recommend that anyone ever do what we did with that hundred beers project, uh, because that was kind of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, one beer a day for a month? What about one beer a day for a hundred days? I think they call that the century club. Right. Okay. Um, so I feel like that project was more a sort of like, uh, the reason that I wanted to do that is, well, A, because it gave me an excuse to, like, write something every day or whatever. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it gave Kevin an excuse to bail on a project three quarters of the way through, proving that he has no follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, he drank all the beers. He just didn't write about them. He felt all this pressure about writing stuff. He wanted it to be good. And I said, there's your problem, buddy. What you do is you just put shit out in the world without paying attention to whether it's good or not. Right. Um, that to me was more of a thing where it's like, I was worried that I had gotten into some established habits that were preventing me from trying new things. And so I was like, ah, well, I, I I should, I should expand my horizons a little bit. I learned almost nothing from that project. Did Um, you not discover any, uh, beers that you didn't know about that you now like? I discovered one beer that I had never heard of before that was really, really good. And I have never been able to find it anywhere since. Hmm. But right now um, you're I'm, back in San Francisco, so you. Can I am try back it in again. San Francisco, so yeah, I am gonna go. I am gonna go back to the place uh, we accidentally found the place that we had been, uh, which was weird. We just walked past it on the way to somewhere else. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, so okay. here's what I would do: I would just like drink a beer when you want a beer, and maybe go to a bar and try a different beer whenever you felt like going out to a bar. Sure. Uh, yeah, don't. just try try a different beer every time that you have an opportunity to try a beer. You have your whole life, uh, you have your whole life ahead of you to drink a lot of beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what for me? I've only been drinking for fourteen years, right? Is that right? Right, right. Fourteen is how long we've been twenty-one, and uh, man, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon we're going to have been twenty-one longer than it took us to become twenty-one. Yeah, that's true. Only seven more years. Um, it happens. No, and I mean, I you know you you. I would say that I landed on what I really like in terms of, of beer after 10 years of, of a fairly, fairly consistent and, and, and reasonably experimental drinking. Sure. Um, I certainly wouldn't feel any pressure. What was, your, what was your experience of drinking beer like, Roy? Well, you know, uh, in the very beginning, um, I was very concerned with trying all kinds of uh, different beers and... 
I very much like the the sort of flavored beers, you know, like the blueberries and cranberries and things like that, which I, I think just had to do with uh, being a young drinker that I gravitated towards those. Yeah, you and wanted then, you wanted something that helps you ease into developing a taste for beer. I, I sort of felt the same way with. Uh, I didn't like the fruity stuff, but I was a big fan of like Sam Adams Cream Stout for a really sure, long time. Sure, um, but I do feel that you know early on when uh, you and I lived together that whenever we did go to the bar, we would try different types of beers. Like I, I would just try a different beer that I hadn't had before, and now because of that. I generally know what kind of beers I would like. So if someone explains to me, well, there's this type of beer and it is a pale ale, I'm going to know right off the bat that I'm probably not going to enjoy that. So now I have a feel for that. But whenever I, I get a chance, I do try you know, new beers that I've never tried before just because I want to know. But I just know what kinds I like now more than anything. Mm-hmm. I think you and I like pretty much the opposite kinds of beers. You like a big, thick, portery, stouty kind of thing sometimes? Sometimes. Um, my you favorite like type of beer would be a wheat beer. Oh, okay. That um, or a light Mexican beer on the other sure. end. We, you and I, uh, we, we drank a tremendous amount of Miller High Life when we were, when we were first living in Phoenix together. Sure, yeah. Mm, which you know i i can still do i mean it's it's kind of like in the same uh category as pbr or schlitz uh i will always drink a schlitz if i get a chance you know if, yep. if that's available they they normally aren't available at most places i know it makes schlitz like a magic treasure Mm-hmm. yeah i'll drink a coors once in a while if, oh if, yeah I don't if like i'm it. with I the right friends Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to drink a Coors. I don't like that one bit. I uh, I think I sort of moved on from Miller High Life to PBR. Hmm. I see. And I'm in the right place for it. There is not a single bar anywhere near where I am that doesn't serve PBR because this is like hipster central. Oh, that's true. And and do they uh, serve the tall boys by default? In a lot of places they do, yeah. A lot of places mm-hmm. have it on draft, which is nice. Huh. The last time I had uh, PBR on draft, well, before this trip, the last time I had PBR on tap, uh, it got me in some trouble uh, because it was the very end of the night and I was debating whether or not I wanted to have one more beer or not. It was like at that point where I was like, well, I'm probably already going to be hungover, but I could have one more beer and it's probably not going to make it much worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I went up to order a, a glass of PBR and she said, you know, there's a special right now that a pitcher of PBR is actually cheaper than a glass of PBR. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got that, and I was like, give me three glasses. And I went back, and I'm like, all right, you guys have to help me with this. And then nobody drank even an ounce of it, and I just drank the whole thing myself. And then it was awful. <laughs> because you don't like wasting precious beer. Oh, boy, I don't like wasting precious beer. That's a yeah. cardinal sin. Yeah, I, I feel very terrible if I ever leave a beer undrunk. Roy, what does it mean for something to be a cardinal sin? A car- that's a sins that only cardinals can can uh, can do. You're allowed. So most people don't red. <laughs> yes, mo- most people are exempt from ever uh, committing a cardinal sin. Oh, really? You know, and pope sins are even worse. I can't tell if you're joking or not. See. The thing about Catholicism is that whenever somebody explains something about Catholicism, you can't it tell could if be true. Ma- you can't tell if they're just making it up or not. Well, you know, I mean, someone made it up. Well, sure. At, somebody at made one everything point. up. 
Sure. Mm. But there's a difference, you know. There's a difference between the things that Jesus made up and the things that, you know, some guy during World War One made up. Yeah, who wasn't Jesus? Well, though we know of. Mm-hmm. Jesus could have had all these descendants. Isn't that the isn't that the premise of the Da Vinci Code? It is. Yeah. Tom Hanks is related to Jesus. Ooh. No, it's actually, it's a- actually not that way. Uh, it's uh, Andre Tatao is related to Jesus. Uh, th- is that the is that the character that Tom Hanks plays? No. Uh, oh, uh, I thought you were saying that maybe in the world of the Da Vinci Code, Tom Hanks, ex- the actor, exists <laughs> and was a descendant of Jesus, but he d- he did not actually appear in the film as himself. No, he doesn't. He appears as uh, some doctor. It's that weird question they talk about on the on the uh, Overthinking It podcast sometimes. Like in the movie, uh, say in the movie Train Spotting, you know Iggy Pop exists. What if Iggy Pop was playing a character in that movie? Would he still exist as Iggy Pop? I don't know. Yeah, that's always strange. Where there are worlds where certain things are exempt, like uh, across the universe. Did you ever see that movie? I did not. It's um, it's a musical which is. Tells the story through uh, the use of Beatles songs. Uh-huh. And there are many of the songs in there, but it's a time when the Beatles don't actually exist in this world, even though they were very uh, important to the time. But they use their music in the, in the movie itself. I see. Uh, let's see. Clammy in Canada writes, Oh, man, that was a spoiler. Hi, dogs. I live up in Canada, and one of the weird quirks of our country is that the Bloody Mary drink does not exist. I've been drinking for years before even hearing of one. Instead, I've had a lot of Caesars, which are pretty much the same thing except with Mott's Clamato juice instead of tomato. Wikipedia claims this is the most popular cocktail in Canada, but is virtually unknown elsewhere. I'd be interested to hear how it compares to a Bloody Mary. You, that seems like the kind of crap that you would drink. Yeah. Uh, you're saying me or the, a Canadian? You. No, a Canadian. Okay. I'm saying you. Well, I mean, uh, that's the kind of uh, crap that a Canadian says that a Canadian drinks. I I had clamato once and it was it was surprisingly not that big of a deal. No, I I well I I like it. Um, it's a little bit too sweet for my palate now because of the uh, corn syrup in it. Uh, Trader Joe's makes a a uh, Bloody Mary mix which also uses clam juice in it, and you know the I find that's a better version. But you know it's it's good. I I was very uh, pleased when I uh, read this um, question because I look um, I looked up the Caesar and I think it said that there is a variant that uses beef amato, and that's something I've never tried and I really want to try that. Just beef hmm. juice, right, with tomato. Yeah, that seems like it'd be. I mean, that just seems like it would taste like a stew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, know. you just drink it. And you, yeah. you make alcoholic drinks with it. That sounds great. People, people are really grossed out when we get those oyster shooters, you mm-hmm. know, which is like an oyster and some cocktail sauce and some vodka and some lemon juice in a shot yeah. glass. They're delicious. Um, yeah, and I feel like that probably tastes fairly similar to a spicy Clamato bloody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. You know, you just take a clam and you squeeze it into your drink. Sure, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like a, I'd like a vodka and tonic with a twist of clam. Uh huh. You know what is weird though? It's, it, I can't think of any other thing, where, except for maybe au jus, where the, 
the liquid that is inside a, a like an animal is described as juice. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? Clam juice just seems weird because a clam is not a fruit. A clam is not a vegetable. Right. It's it's uh it's an animal. Yeah. I mean, you know, you wouldn't say like Oh, we, we this this chemical concoction requires some ant juice. No, you would say formic acid because it's weird to say ant juice because sure. that's not the kind of thing that you can juice. Huh? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, certain things. I think um, you know, by its own term, seafood is used a lot in in this way. You know, animals from the from the ocean are referred to as food to begin with, so you can you know, have uh, fish juice or clam juice. Okay, because I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. we don't re- we don't refer to plants as dirt food. No, and we don't refer to to land animals as as like forest land food. food. Forest, yeah. forest food. I mean, I guess we refer to them as game. Right, that's but that's true. just because they're up for anything. Right, they are. Uh, Philip writes. Hi, Zach and Roy. My friend Changling Bob, another Advice Hot Dog listener, and I are building a Lego robot for a university computer science unit. It will probably, hopefully, no, it will hopefully be able to navigate a room using bump sensors and ultrasound. It will look something like this. And then there's a picture of a robot. And he says, what should we call it? So I am going to reveal to you my secret technique for uh, randomly generating robot names. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this out for you right now. Oh, okay. Um, so the first thing you do is you flip a coin. And if it's heads, you say dick. And if it's tails, you say dong. Okay, so I'm going to flip this coin. This is a, uh, a corroded 1985 penny, in case you're wondering. Uh, it is heads, so dick. So then after that, you say bot. So dick bot. And then you roll a six-sided die, which I happen to have one handy here. And you take that result, you multiply it by 1,000. So I rolled a three. So the name of your robot is dickbot3000. Huh. That's a great naming scheme. Maybe I, uh, could you come up with something like that for baby names? Uh, just replace bot with baby. Oh, okay. Here, let's do so, it again for for yeah, my baby then. Let's let's name your baby. All right. So heads four. So your baby's name will be Dick Baby Four Thousand. Huh. That's awesome. This makes that process so much easier. Yeah, I mean, I found that you know, in vi- in, in in video games, this is a lesson that I've learned that has really expanded well to other areas of my life. If you can't come up with something, just randomly generate it and it will probably be okay mm-hmm. people don't know the difference between good shit and crazy random stupid shit that's what that's, i've learned about people huh you know um that is how uh i named my cat right you, you're with me and uh we flipped a coin between two random words and the cat ended up being one of those words well, they weren't random words mm, i mean I they were ca- they were carefully curated words I don't feel that they were. We can you we could not do that over and over and over again. Patterns patterns would emerge that were independent of the randomization method. I see. Well, okay, the first two words that we thought of, those were the choices. No. Well, okay, I guess it's possible that the first two words that we thought of were also the coolest two words that we thought of. Well, perhaps, but you know, we we can't know one way or another. 
Uh, Dear Advice Hot Dog Mans, because of a set of circumstances that I cannot for the life of me remember the chronology of, I'm currently fooling around with, doinking, a lady who is in a relationship with another dude. She's not happy with him, he doesn't really respect her, but I feel that's immaterial. I'm doing something morally wrong by carrying on with her. My question is, how do I summon the power of will it takes to opt for loneliness and the ire of this lady over sexy, sexy sex? Love, home wrecking in the heartland. I would have to first say that... um the fact that you are calling uh, sex doinking to me means that maybe you're not ready for it. Yeah, you might not be mature enough to even like talk to another person, uh, much much less a lady, uh, especially much less doink a lady. Have Have you ever? So so like. I've definitely done things in my life that I would describe as fucking, and I've done things in my life that I would describe as, as making love. I don't know that I've ever done anything that I, would have, that I would have reflected on and said, yep, I totally doinked that girl. No, I don't, I don't think I've ever referred to sex as doinking. Uh, doinking but seems that's, like a word. that's beside the point. It's, it, doinking seems like a word that you would use to describe the act of sex if you had no idea what the act of sex actually was like or involved. Sure. Sure. Right. It's like something that a, something that a child uh, would say. Uh, like you get naked and rub around on one another. Yeah, and you go, doink. On a trampoline. <laughs> I think that's boink, boinking is when it's on a trampoline. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I, I don't know that... Uh, oh, this, this is a hard one, right? Because um i have dated people who were uh in other relationships at the time and um you know i did not justify it by the fact that this person was unhappy with the other uh person it was just sort of uh they know what they're doing and i know what i'm doing and it is up to her whether she uh you know ends her relationship or not yeah, I mean, there's other, there there are people who, uh, like, so y- y- I think a lot of people tend to think of like serial monogamy as the the way, right? Like that just seems to be a thing that is appealing to to a certain demographic, at least that I'm a part of, and it's certainly what I've always done. But there are people who don't mind a little bit of overlap. Sure, um, you know, there are um, people who don't mind a transitional period, and and I mean, the thing that you don't want to do is is keep sleeping with her if she's not going to break up with the other guy like you that's not fair to you right it's not about it's not about raising her ire um you know it's just about like okay well you you need to shit or get off the pot here sure i'm i am i am the pot and shitting is fucking me right um i i do have to point out that i feel there is a difference uh between this situation and say a similar situation where she is married, right? I I feel that uh, that line is something that is a little bit more difficult to cross. Sure, and that, like you that say, really is in home the wrecking. middle in the middle of a divorce. I mean, I I definitely like dated people while I was married more than I've ever dated people while I was dating other people. Mm-hmm. Technically married, you know. Technically, sure, but you were in the process of of divorcing. Sure, right? you weren't. So, I mean, that's the thing. If this is happening because she's in the process of splitting up with this dude, it's a, this is a little bit of a different story than if she is just cheating on her boyfriend with you as mm-hmm. a way of getting back at him or whatever. It's not cool. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the other problem, and, and I, I very much understand where this sentiment is coming from, and this is a thing that it took me a long, long time to get over, 
breaking up with this girl, stopping sleeping with this girl is not opting into loneliness. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it, if you if you think about it as, all right, well, I'm going to break up with this girl and just be alone for years, then you will be. But if you don't think about it like that, then you won't be. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, you know, for a long time, and I feel like this is a thing like when you are sort of learning how people work and learning how relationships work, because I, I at least had, you know, long relationships punctuated by extremely long periods of being single. Sure. Um, and that... At a point where I started just like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm like, I'm not going to just let myself be this sad sack that's that's alone for years just because I have decided that this relationship isn't the right thing for me. So like, I it just stopped happening. And I wish I could remember what I did that made it stop happening. Oh, you don't you don't remember what you did? I mean, it I wasn't really. a change in your attitude about it just deciding well i mean i think it's certain it was certainly a change in my attitude about it but i don't know it wasn't a change that i could have just made on purpose right hmm. i mean you know I, I i think i do know i think it more or less corresponded with me having some actual shit going on in my life sure right and and not, and not just concentrating on the not having a girlfriend yeah exactly like the more time you spend thinking man i really need a girlfriend the less girlfriend you're gonna get Right, that's true. Uh, yeah. and, and the idea that something is better than nothing isn't necessarily uh, the right one. You know, oh, like yeah, yeah. Uh, a shitty relationship to no relationship or a relationship that doesn't quite, you know, fulfill the uh, requirements of relationship. You know, I, I realize that uh, having sex is very, very appealing because that is our main drive in life. Uh, but sometimes especially that, if you're like, that especially if you're enough. like 20, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. If you're 20, you really like doinking. Yes, that's true. I mean, at this point, you know, I feel like old men like us, we could take it or leave it. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you got to wash the dishes, you know? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's like, no, I kind of don't want to get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, I can't because I'm an old man. Right. Uh, I have a hard time enjoying movies because I usually lose interest before it's over. However, my lady friend loves them, and I would like to be able to watch movies with her. Do you have any advice for training myself to appreciate movies? From Unattentive in Unannapolis. Uh, here's the, this is the, because of your iPhone, buddy. Mm-hmm. Or your MTV. I th- MTV? MTV Music Videos channel? Is that... What, what is making our youth have low attention spans now? Uh, the MTV uh, generation is all like in their 50s now, right? Yes. Um, you know, I, well, we can't really tell, you know, how old this person is, but uh, is it because of the iPhone or, or the Twitter or things yeah, like I that? I think it's Twitter. I think it's, fa- I blame Facebook. Oh, I mean, I've definitely gone through periods where a movie was too long for me to pay attention to, but I mean, your attention, you know what? Your attention is a muscle. You have to exercise it, buddy. So just huh. fucking sit there. You're not going to die if you sit still for an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. So sit there. Let your lady enjoy the movie. You can try try using your imagination. You don't have to use your iPhone to entertain you when you're bored. Use your imagination. Watch the movie and like look at one particular part of the screen and pretend and think that about that's other a, things. Yeah, pretend that that's a little play about something that you're making up. Yeah, you can also use this for uh, sex. Oh, if, if yeah, you have so a, a trouble paying attention to sex. Mm, yeah, 
I know I often get bored way before it's over. Right. Um, I think maybe going to the movies that changes the the you know the feeling of you know being distracted by other things. Unless you're one of those dicks that likes to text while you're watching a movie in a theater. Yeah, or one of those people that like, oh, I can't see my phone to do the texting that I have to do, so I'm going to turn on this hurricane lantern uh, so that I can see my my phone. But then you accidentally right. point it backwards and blind everyone. Right. Yeah. Don't that be happens. that guy. Fuck Mm-mm. that guy. Jeez. I I I don't know. I I don't know what to tell someone who doesn't enjoy movies. I I know one thing. If I were with someone who doesn't enjoy movies, I wouldn't be with that person for very long. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's not exactly a deal breaker, but it's one of the activities that I find worthwhile in my life. So not being able to share that with someone else it would be very hard for me. Hmm. You wouldn't, you know, uh, huh. And you wouldn't be okay just having that be a thing that you just did by yourself? Uh, no, I, I would be, you know, because for all the times that I wasn't with anyone else, um, I would just go to the movies by myself or watch movies. Oh, but if you had a, but if you had some girlfriend that was like, I don't want you watching any more movies. You need to spend time with me watching me. Yeah. That, that would not be okay with me, you know, because that also falls in, in the area of doing something that is taking away from the enjoyment of your partner. Right. So that, that person who is with me, who tells me that I'm not allowed to watch movies. Well, that's wrong because you know I enjoy watching movies I want to watch movies you just wait for civilization to collapse and then you would survive because you were hiding in the bank vault watching a movie and then that's true when you came out you were like oh finally this Hollywood video is right here and still intact and I can watch all the movies that I want but then your VCR breaks yeah my glasses fall off the only VCR in the entire world (laughs) because only VHS tapes survive yeah, well, it's a Hollywood video. Oh, I, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I never really understood, like, why couldn't that guy go find another pair of glasses? Well, he can't, uh, you know, find where the optometrist is. And who's going to give him an eye exam? Him? How's he going to know which, which uh, slide looks better? Mm-hmm. A or B? He doesn't know. He can't tell. That's why. Okay. I guess that, yeah, you know who who also can't tell which of those slides looks better? Me, ever. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're making the wrong choice? Like, if, if I fuck this up, then uh, my vision is going to be messed up for the yeah, next I year. Yeah, I do. I think, God damn it. I wish that I could answer this with some conviction because I'm going to end up with some fucking glasses that don't work. <laughs> That's pretty much how I feel all the time when I'm getting oh. an exam. Yeah, it's terrible. And, it's but worst, doesn't it the worst at, thing? Oh, uh, d- doesn't it ever seem like? Um, no, at this point, your eyes don't really change. So even though you have those doubts, it's still the same prescription. Yeah, and also your glasses don't have to be perfect for you to be more or less fine <laughs> going through yeah, your day to day life, right? Which is what I'm saying. That guy could have gone to a Walgreens and bought some reading glasses from that rack. Well, I guess he mm. would have just take he'd taken them, unless. And, Unless then the gone back things. to the library and learned about optometry, and then he could properly give himself an oh, eye exam. There you, yeah, there you go. He could have gone. He could have gone and gotten uh, one of those things, those little scanners that blind people use that read books for them. 
Huh. I'm not sure that that's a real thing. Uh, especially, I'm not sure that that was a real thing in the 50s. In the 50s? Yeah, pretty sure that it wasn't. Hey, Zach and mm-hmm. Roy. I was recently at a museum of modern arts, and the experience left me frustrated and angry because very few of the pieces offered any kind of tangible way to approach and try to understand them. Do you think an art piece can be said to be good and or meaningful if all it does is make you want to punch the art and or the person who made it? Is it not just bullshit? Sincerely, Furious in Finland. Hmm. Well, I I feel like the artists are doing their job. So I remember talking to you about, and and this never really hit home for me until... I came to understand why the Beatles are important. Um, okay. That the art the, the the art that is left doesn't matter as much as what it was in the context of the time that it was made. Right? And so right. there there is stuff going on in there. What that what that says to me though is that it's okay to not like the actual product. Right. Right. Like, it is. It is okay to not like the Beatles. It is okay to not like a Beatles song. But you can't say uh, the Beatles were terrible and they weren't important to the evolution of music because, like, you listen. They to were. What, yeah, you listen to what they did between when they started and ten years later, and it was like, oh right, what they did was make it so all music totally changed. Right. Um, That's and true. I don't know that the same can be said for like a Jackson Pollock. Can it? You're you're the you're the authority on all this shit, buddy. Uh, I would never want to make that claim, but um, I mean, using Jackson Pollock as an example, uh, that is true. He did change painting because of his methodology. Now, if you look at that and you say like this is the common, um, you know, comment for artwork that seems very simplistic or easy to make is you know my kid could do that well. Uh, you know, kids can do that. And what adult artists are usually trying to do is they're trying to get back to a sort of, um, I, like a pure form of communication, which kids tap into a whole lot, but you stop being able to do that as an adult. Um, but the context is really important. Like what was being made for the time and what Jackson Pollock was communicating to his audience while he was alive. What so, about yeah, Mon- I mean, what about Mondrian? What do you know about Mondrian? Uh, same thing, not as much, uh, but the same thing is, you know, he was changing painting to be something that it was not uh, while he was working. Now, there are times when, you know, there's an artist that creates something and the people around him or her don't understand, and it isn't until long after they're dead that people, you know, pick it up and realize oh this was really great and you know it's saying a lot and it does make a difference knowing about the artist's uh life unfortunately um that's the case because i i feel that art should be able to stand on its own but it's it's true that the more you know about something the more you get to appreciate it you know and that's the same for everything else you know you know a whole lot about video games and how they work and the history of them that I do not know. So you can look at something and see a lot more that is there than yeah, I will there, see. There, there, is a, there is a critical vocabulary for talking and thinking about things that, that doesn't, it's not innate. It's not obvious. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with painting, it's weird because I feel like w- with paintings, less so than with sculptures, maybe. Like, photography sort of made it so 
painting was no longer just about trying to represent everything. Sure. Right. The, like, the world. I mean, pa- painting was the only way that there was of storing an image. And so everybody wanted that image to be as accurate as possible. But then once, once the accuracy was possible through another technology than painting, that's when you started getting like, you know, the pointillism and, and sure. you know, I, I think that there are a lot of people who would have said exactly the same thing as you're saying and feeling the same things that you're feeling about a Jackson Pollock or whatever about Monet in the context in which he was like, all right, well, he was just doing something that nobody had ever done before. And him being the one that thought of it is why his shit is on the wall and worth a lot of money. Right. Not sure. It's not because it was hard. It's because it was new and he's the one that did it. Right. Right. And I mean, uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. There's nothing really original. Everything is derivative of something. Sure. That's true. You know, and, and it's just now I feel like records are, are so well kept that you can start to see the, you can start to see underneath the, the, the hood a little bit of the ways in which things are derivative of other things. And, and, you know, some of this stuff is going to matter 200 years from now. And some of it's probably not. Sure. That's true. And it's an unenviable job trying to figure out like which things are, which, you know, Hmm. Yeah, that's because true. You, you don't know where you don't know where the influences are. Like you know, like the Beastie Boys have been pretty influential. But like somebody like our parents listening to the Beastie Boys when we were kids, saying you know this is just this is ridiculous, right? This isn't this isn't anything meaningful. This is just this is just a bunch of samples and noise and record scratching and guys yelling, right? And and it isn't until it isn't until you see the 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 resonance the influence I mean, that. you know cultural cultural resonance is a very slow process right so it takes a while for you to figure out what things are important and so a lot of the things in a museum of modern art are things that we just don't know yet whether mm-hmm. it's going to matter which is why uh, sort of contemporary artists or brand new up and coming artists are usually you know, in their 40s or 50s when they're recognized if they are ever recognized in their lifetime. Because it's hard to see those things while they're happening. You know, and museums and galleries sort of take their time in order to put things into context. You know, so contemporary art is still art from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. You know, and it's considered contemporary. Well, Roy, we're, uh, this, this just, just flew right by. I've missed doing these shows with you. Oh, yes. Me too. Thank you. I, I was getting really clogged up. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, now it's all it's all just coming out all at once. Also, my uh, my phone is about to die. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I hope that our listeners were unable to tell that this show was done remotely without us staring into each other's eyes. Maybe yeah, I'll, which I miss. I will carefully edit it. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, until then, how about we uh, we let the let the the kids know how to get a hold of us. Well, uh, you can go to our website, advicehotdog.com, and there you will see links to Gmail, uh, advicehotdog at gmail, uh, dot com, right? No, at gmail. Yes. I just forgot how uh, email worked. Uh, you can also go to Twitter, which is at advicehotdog. You can follow us or send us messages there. Go to facebook.com slash advicehotdog. You can like us there and send us messages. You can also give us a call, 769-218-9225, and leave us a phone message. Now, we've received a lot of phone messages recently, and we haven't played them because it's difficult for us to uh, 
get our equipment to work uh, properly remotely. But uh, do not fret. We are saving all of those calls for the next time that we're in the same place. Man, I you wish can also. We could. I w- I really wish, Roy, that we would get enough phone calls that we could do an all phone calls edition of Advice Hot Dog because those are those are really fun for us. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, we need more phone calls. So uh, if you take anything away from this, is your homework is to uh, give us a call and leave us a message. Uh, you can also send us a postcard or letter or anything else to Advice Hot Dog, P.O. Box 41774, Mesa, Arizona, 85274. And this week, uh, I am offering a new service for Advice Hot Dog listeners. If you want a transcript of the show, this is episode 41, and it only works if you do this. You send a self-addressed stamped envelope with a check or money order of $14.95, and I will type up a transcript and send it to you. Are you you really going to do that? If someone does it, I will. I thought you were going to make up a, a joke. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna make a joke and say, "If you want a transcript of this show, write down everything we just said." Well, that that is the easy way to do it. Well, now that I know that we're uh, potentially going to be transcribed, we're going to have to be a lot carefuler. <laughs> yeah, what we say. Starting now, a lot carefuler about the stinger, Roy. I've come up with a stinger based on our uh, the conversation that we just had. Oh, uh, would you uh, Valentine's Day or Happy Birthday? No, no. Oh, um, here's the, I'm gonna, I'm, this stinger has a little bit of a setup. You are forced to live out the rest of your day as trapped in a painting. Jackson Pollock or Piet Mondrian? Oh, uh, so I think this is the split between intuitive feeling dudes and and uh, and uh, logical thinking dudes. Order, right? yeah. Because you want, like, it'd be a lot easier to find your way around the Mondrian painting. Like if if somebody invited you out for coffee in a Jackson Pollock painting, you'd be like, where should we get coffee? And they would say, man, I don't fucking know. This all looks the same. Yeah, yeah that's true, but you would have more places to go, right? With the Mondrian, there'd be a lot of uh, corners and dead ends. Yeah, but, I mean, most of the, most of the awesome places that I've had coffee or, or, or a drink or a dinner has been on a corner or a dead end. Oh, okay. You know, well, none, none of them, no, I've never had a They haven't meal. been on a curve? inside a curved pile of spaghetti huh i don't know maybe i've had that's a good point maybe i do know of good restaurants on curves but spaghetti is delicious though oh that's true you could always just eat the you could eat the world Uh uh-huh into it but i mean so is it you know have you ever seen one of those mondrian cakes uh no i don't think i have is that like a a a sheet cake that yeah you make some make some rectangles of different colors and you ice them with black Mm, that's true. Maybe there's some. Although the the Pollock as a cake would be, uh, you would use uh, some of that uh, almond paste fondant and you know put it through a pasta extruder and make this amazing three dimensional cake that is and occasionally all sweet. drop some cigarette butts into it. <laughs> Isn't that aren't aren't there in some of Jackson Pollock's paintings cigarette butts stuck? I think to so. It that he dropped while he was while he was making them. Yeah. yeah, that would be pretty gross. I would definitely not want to eat at a restaurant or drink coffee from a cafe that was inside a giant cigarette butt, especially one that came out of Jackson Pollock's mouth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't even think of him as um, as the real person. I always think of him as Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Yeah, yeah and you I think that know. after he made those paintings, he immediately started a project where he filmed someone's entire life inside a giant dome. Right. Uh, right, I, right. I don't know. The, 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 this is a very difficult stinger, Zach. You, you have me stumped. I guess I should uh, talk to you about these beforehand so that, so that I don't put you on the spot. It's, it's, it, it could just go both ways, you know, one, one way or another. There is, no, uh, there is no spoon. Ideally, you'd be able to go back and forth as the, as the idea struck you, you know? Because mm-hmm. some, some days you want order, some days you want chaos. That's true. Sometimes you feel like, like you're not, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes every episode of Advice Hot Dog has to come to an end. And uh, sorry, sorry, folks, that's all we got for you this week. Hey, uh, thank you for still listening. Good night, everybody. Good night. No, I didn't. I didn't stop recording. I did take a sip from my delicious cocktail, though.